Hey friend, are you searching for a podcast that partners faith and entrepreneurship? A toolkit of tactical how-tos to start or grow your online business God's way? Hop over and check out The Stephanie Gass Show, a top 0.5% podcast for women who are ready to create impact and income without sacrificing family or their faith. Listen in to over 500 episodes on biblical business training, clarity on your niche, podcasting, monetizing, and so much more. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-G-A-S-S, The Stephanie Gass Show. I pray it blesses you. Good morning, friend. It is July. I can't believe it. July 1st. We are jumping into a brand new month today, and I hope that wherever you are and wherever you are listening, that this is going to be an amazing and blessed day, and I'm going to do something about it right now. We're not going to just hope it's going to be a good day. I'm going to give you some tools to try to make it a better day, because that's why you're here. Jesus said, I came to give you an abundant life. John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it abundantly, and that's what we're going after. And one thing that keeps us from living an abundant life is if we're trapped in fear, if we're scared all the time. Somebody I love recently told me, I'm tired of being afraid of everything all the time. Friend, I am too, and I know you are. There's some things that we're afraid of, and it's time to deal with that. So in July, at least the first part, I'm not sure how long we're going we're gonna to deal with this, but we're going to punch fear in the face. We're going to get after it. Before we do that, a couple of things I want to share with you. Yesterday was our open house at our brand new Brandon Spine Practice at Great Plains Health here in North Platte, Nebraska. When we came here two years ago, Mel McNay, the CEO at the time, and Ivan Mitchell, who was the chief operating officer, who now is the CEO, sat across the desk from us, from me and Lisa, and picked our brains about what it would look like if we tried to start a neurosurgery service line here. And I've told you that story before, but basically we had a conversation about you know, there had been spine surgeons here before at Great Plains. There had never been a neurosurgeon. And people had been flown out of here with head injuries and even minor things that just required a neurosurgeon's observation, even if they didn't need surgery. People had been flown out of here for, for decades. And finally, the, the vision was, could we bring a neurosurgery service line here, develop a brain surgery program, teach everybody everything that needed to be taught, have the system step up and equip the operating room and equip the clinic and, and build a place where people would fly into here instead of away from here for neurosurgical problems. And we talked about that, and Ivan said basically what would it take, and we said, well, it's going to take this, that, and this set of equipment and this set of people and and this type of team, and we've done it. We we, we agreed to do it, and the hospital stepped up, and the board, from from the board members to the C-suite to to Lisa and I working together to everybody that swung a hammer and hung drywall and painted stuff and ran wires. Yesterday, we officially launched the new clinic. Now, we've been seeing patients for about three weeks, but but we had the open house yesterday and the brand new clinics based on Lisa's design from our old office back in Auburn, which was a state-of-the-art, efficient, designed based on the psychology of healthcare delivery. Lisa did an amazing job building an office that would maximize my efficiency and our ability to take care of patients and make them feel comfortable when they're dealing with hard things. And yesterday it all came to fruition and it was just amazing. So I just want to say thanks to Lisa, to Ivan, to Mel, to all the dozens of people who literally have worked so hard, to Al and Kristen and Annette and everybody who came here from Wyoming with us. And and now we have a new PA, Damon, starting uh, on Tuesday who came from Wyoming as well that I've worked with for years. And just an amazing group of people 
And we're just so excited to uh, be here and, and be doing this thing that started with a conversation. And uh, just want to take a minute to thank all those people. So thank you. Yesterday was amazing. I'm so proud of Lisa. And she just has knocked it out of the park and, and built this place where people will be comfortable and, and uh, we can deliver health care at really a world-class level right here in this small town in Nebraska. And it's, it's amazing. So thank you um, for all your prayers and your support and for two years of hard work. And, and we're getting it done yesterday was just something else. So let me just tell you for a minute about fear. So my, my friend, this person that I love said, I'm tired of being afraid all the time. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to overcome fear in July. We're going to learn how to punch it in the face. And one of the ways to do that is to know that it's coming, to be honest with ourselves about the fact that we are afraid. There are some things that are scaring us, and we need to recognize that there are certain times of day and certain situations when it tends to pop up and, and begin to overwhelm us. For some people, it's when you're trying to go to sleep. Okay, so what tends to precipitate the fear? And so since we know that we're afraid of certain things, do we medicate ourselves with alcohol or drugs or television or shopping or eating? Do we just do something when we know that time is coming and we don't want to deal with it, we don't want to think about it, so we just numb ourselves so we don't so it doesn't feel as scary or we can just stop thinking or fall asleep and not have to think about it for a while? Do we do that? Well, if we do, then a reliable set of things happens in response to that. After a while, the thing that we're using to numb ourselves from the things we're afraid of start to become the things we're afraid of. So after a while, if you use alcohol, for example, you say, holy cow, I might be an alcoholic. Now I've got a whole other problem to deal with. Holy cow, I'm starting to forget things. Holy cow, I fell down the stairs. Holy cow, I woke up with a radial nerve palsy because I slept on my arm wrong because I was intoxicated. Like We start to have problems as a result of the ways in which we're not dealing with our fear properly, right? Holy cow, I weigh 500 pounds. I got to use a crane to get me out of my house and go have emergency bariatric surgery because I've eaten so many Cheetos. Thanks, by the way, to our dear, sweet listener, Beth Maxey. She sent me a post on Facebook about Cheetos and how they came about as a byproduct of some animal um, research that some farmers were doing and the, the, the process they were using to make this food for the animals spit out these, these toasted cheese uh, corn um, puffs and turned out to be uh, where Cheetos came from. So uh, thank you, Beth, for noticing that I talk, talk about Cheetos a lot. So <laughs> I guess that's one of my common things that I say. I'm really not eating Cheetos anymore, but that's been my go-to uh, for years. When I was a little kid, I'd always go to the crunchy Cheetos. The puffy ones are good too, but you know, Cheetos. Anyway, thanks, Beth Maxey, for that. But listen, if you weigh 500 pounds because you've eaten so many Cheetos that you can't get out of your bed anymore, and now it takes a, a, a system of people to help you, that came from a place where you were using food to cover something else. If you're using one thing to cover another thing, then that thing that you're using becomes its own problem. And then you start being afraid of that. Nobody's going to love me because I'm I'm a hopeless drunk. Nobody's going to love me because I've gained so much weight. My wife's going to leave me because I can't stop gambling. Well, why are you doing those things? It's because you're covering something else. You're numbing yourself with this behavior, and that's become a new problem. So we've got to deal with that too, okay? But remember, though, you can't have it both ways. We talked the other day. You can't have the joy that God wants to give you in the morning. The psalm says, though the weeping may tarry through the night, the joy comes in the morning. You can't have the joy in the morning if you're not willing to weep a little bit at night. Let him let him walk through you with it. Yes, I'm weeping. I'm sad. I'm afraid. I'm scared. Let's just deal with that. Okay? 
But we're going to learn how to deal with it instead of numbing it, instead of covering it up, instead of hiding it behind Cheetos or alcohol or gambling or shopping or 45 episodes of Lost on Netflix, okay? We're going to, we're going to learn how to process it properly. We're going to tame those dragons, as Daniel Amon says. So we're, just, we're going to punch that in the face in July. We're, going to, we're just going to get down in the weeds and we're going to deal with it, okay? Another thing, we're going to have to be honest we're going to have to name our fears. We're going to have to say, what is it that I'm really afraid of? We're going to have to take a healthier approach to learning how to deal with it. Now, I'm going to give you a song because remember the treatment plan. My, my new book, Hope is the First Dose, we talk about major traumas and massive things that happen. But there's also a lot of sort of many massive things that happen. And you need a treatment plan. One of the one of the parts of the treatment plan that we've been talking about a lot lately is the prehab aspect. When I'm going to do back surgery on somebody, I usually send them to physical therapy first so they get a little stronger. They learn some mechanics about how to take care of themselves postoperatively. They learn how to get their posture and their balance and their lifting and their twisting and the ways that they move their bodies in better shape so that they don't hurt themselves after surgery. We arm them with some better strategies ahead of time because we know that the surgical trauma is coming, right? So that's what I want you to do. Since you know that there are things that you're legitimately afraid of and you know that you're going to have to deal with them, I want to give you some prehab for when they pop up. And one of the ways that I do that is putting good thoughts in my head, scriptures, songs, good thoughts from other people, things that I've read, making sure that when I read, when I listen to audiobooks, I'm putting good stuff in there and not stuff that is just brain candy or stuff that makes me actually more afraid. Right? Let me give you an example. Psalm 71 and Isaiah 46 were written about 200 years apart. David, the psalmist, lived in the, around 900 B.C., and Isaiah lived around 700 B.C. So these, these, these two scriptures were written about 200 years apart. But listen to Psalm 71. David, this is when he's older. It's kind of a song in the winter of his life. And he says, In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. He's looking back at the end of his life and says, you know what? I've reliably gone to you for my refuge and your righteousness rescue and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. So here he is close to the end of his life and he's scared. And he's remembering that I've, over the course of my life, I've dealt with Goliath. I've dealt with armies. I've dealt with enemies. I've dealt with plots against my life and I've taken refuge in you. So he says it again in verse three, be my rock of refuge. So notice in verse one, he's saying, God, I've always turned to you for refuge. Now here in verse 3, be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. So again, he's saying, you've always been my refuge. Do it again, God. Do it again. Be my rock to which I can always go. Give me the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of those who are evil and cruel. He's saying, you've done it before. Do it again. Verse 5. Why? For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth, I have relied on you. Verse 7, I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. He's recognizing that because he always calls on God and because he always holds up God as the source of his strength, other people have noticed that, and they're using God as their source of strength too. He's, he's reflecting on the fact that his life has been helpful to other people. I hope that's me too. I hope it's you. I hope that I've been assigned to many, that, that God is my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, he says. And then Verse 9, do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. That's a fear that we all have. We're getting older. 
Time is passing. We're afraid that people won't love me. If I don't look like I did 20 years ago, my husband won't love me anymore. If I don't have my physical strength, my kids won't, won't respect me anymore. If I don't have the ability to earn income or do these big things that I used to be able to do, people won't value me anymore. He's saying, don't cast me away, God, when I'm old. Don't forsake me when my strength is gone. Verse 12, do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly, God, help me. And verse 14, as for me, this is, by the way, this is the verse I think I'm going to sign, hope it's the first dose with. When I sign a book for you, if you come to one of my book signings, I'm going to sign, I think, Psalm 71, 14. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more, more and more, more and more. How about that? <laughs> now, here's the point. Verse verse 18. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God. Now, I made the point. I was going to make the point about how David wrote this in about 900 BC. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God. God inspired him to write that. I'm not going to give up on you, friend, when you're older. Now, Isaiah 46, 200 years later, God says it again. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Isaiah 46, 4. Listen, friend, whatever it is you're afraid of, God is saying, He's in, in his inspired Holy Scripture, 200 years apart to two different writers. He said it this way, and he's saying it to you today and to me. Nothing that happens in your life is beyond my reach. I will not forsake you. I will not let you go. I will not let you down. I will not forsake you because you can't perform like you used to or because you weigh more than you used to or because you've struggled with this thing or that thing or you're afraid of this thing or that thing. I will not forsake you. And therefore, verse 14 of Psalm 71, as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. I'm going to give you a song right now. It's part of the prehab process, okay? We're going to interrupt the podcast. I'm going to give you Josh Baldwin's song, Stand in Your Love, because I want you to have this phrase in your head today. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. After that, I'm going to play an episode of the You Start Today podcast, YST060, from way back in the day when I first started podcasting, this little episode that was called Punch Fear in the Face that I wrote and released for a dear friend of mine who's struggling with fear. And that friend is the one who told me just again the other day, I'm so afraid of being afraid. Friends, we generally circle around the same set of problems for our whole life. We're tired of being afraid. So I'm going to give you Josh Baldwin's song, My Fear Doesn't Stand a Chance When I Stand in Your Love. I'm going to give you that. Then I'm going to give you YST060. We're going to punch fear in the face. We're going to do this throughout July. We're going to learn how to deal with fear. And we're going to end with my friend Tommy Walker's song, I Will Not Be Shaken. Because I want to give you two different ways, depending on your musical style or whatever. I'm going to give you two different things to have in your brain as you go through July. Just play these two songs. Play these scriptures over and over. Read them. Inherit, you know, chew them up, swallow them, think about them, contemplate on them, and it's going to be okay. But you have to start today. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes. When brokenness and pain is 
Life can be a scary place, my friend. Sometimes fear can paralyze us, keep us stuck, and ruin our quality of life. And sometimes it's more of a nuisance that keeps us playing it safe, afraid to really go for something we want. If you're dealing with fear, then take heart. Today on YST, we're going to learn how to punch fear in the face. Stick around to learn how to handle fear starting today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery. To get it done, you can get the show notes and more at drleewarren.podbean.com. That's drleewarren.podbean.com, and if you like the show... Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Imagine this. Something startles you awake tonight. Your eyes open in the darkness, and through the fog of sleepiness, you become aware of the smell. There's smoke in your house. Then it hits you. Your house is on fire. You jump out of bed and run to the bedroom door. The door handle burns your hand and you yank it back. You go into the bathroom and grab a towel and you go back and turn the doorknob. You've got to shut the door suddenly because the hallway is engulfed in flames. You're trapped in your bedroom. Your only option is to go out your bedroom window and crawl into the backyard. You turn around and look back at the house just in time to hear the snap of the wood and the roof starts to collapse and then it dawns on you. The baby's trapped inside. You need help, so you turn around to see if anyone's there, and you see that you're alone. You try to call 911 on your cell phone, but you can't get a signal. And then you remember the news from yesterday's paper. The fire department went broke. Batman retired. The city council passed a resolution that no one is allowed to help anybody else if there's a fire. You're alone. So to recap, the house is on fire. The baby's trapped inside. No one's coming to help. That would be scary, right? The good thing is it's not really happening. But you know what? Life can be really terrifying. Usually not like house on fire terrifying, but really, really scary. There's scary things in life. I faced some real life fears when I was in Iraq, getting mortared and rocketed and seeing horrible things. And then the worst thing in my life was two years ago yesterday when... My phone rang in the, in the middle of the night, and I found out that my son died. That was the culmination of all the fears of parents everywhere, the fear that something will happen to your child. You know what? The economy can be a minefield. Doctors, I know, are starting restaurants, or even worse, signing up to work for lawyers or insurance companies because they can't make a living practicing medicine anymore. Computers are taking over your job. Relationships are hard. Single moms are wondering if they'll ever find... Mr. Wright. Mr. Wright looks in the mirror and shakes his head. His looks are still holding up, but he just lost his job. 
If none of those things scare you, then just turn on the news for a minute and something will. This life is full of things that even the stuff that goes bump in the night would be afraid of. Being afraid, though, keeps you stuck. It keeps you unable to move forward in your life. So when you're afraid, my friend, what do you do? Hey friend, are you searching for a podcast that partners faith and entrepreneurship? A toolkit of tactical how-tos to start or grow your online business God's way? Hop over and check out The Stephanie Gash Show, a top 0.5% podcast for women who are ready to create impact and income without sacrificing family or their faith. Listen in to over 500 episodes on biblical business training, clarity on your niche, podcasting, monetizing, and so much more. That's S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-G-A-S-S, The Stephanie Gass Show. I pray it blesses you. Our instinct is usually to hide from, avoid, and deny the things we're scared of. We figure if we pretend it isn't there, maybe it'll go away. Or maybe someone else will take care of it. But I've got a newsflash for you. Batman's not out there waiting to take care of all the things you're scared of. Here's the deal, though. Your house is on fire, and no one's coming to help. And in case I forgot to mention, the baby's trapped inside. This is a scary scenario, but if you put it another way, something in your real world, the thing that you're afraid of is out there waiting for you and for you alone to handle it. The, the only way to take care of the things you're scared of is to deal with it yourself. The best way to overcome fear is to punch it right in the mouth, punch it in the face. If you're worried about losing your job, work harder, own that thing. If you're a ditch digger, dig them so well that dirt hopes it gets to be dug by you. Make your boss say to himself, man, I wish I worked for her. Become indispensable. Or better yet, start your own ditch digging website and teach other people, let other people pay you to teach them how to become the best ditch digger in the world like you. If you're afraid of the economy and losing all your money and ending up under a bridge somewhere, then spend less money, save more money, look for a better job or a new financial advisor. You're not going to win the lottery, so scratch that one off your list and get busy with an actual plan. This is serious. I I just read somewhere that you're more likely to be struck by lightning while being eaten by a shark than you are to win the lottery. You're not going to win the lottery, so that shouldn't be your plan for getting out of trouble. If you're afraid you're going to have a stroke, then put down the beer and cigarettes, brother, and hit the gym. Talk to your doctor first, of course. Here's what I'm saying. Most of the things we're afraid of are bullies, and bullies run away when you stand up to them. If the schoolyard bullies in your face and you punch them right in the mouth, they usually run away. There's almost always a better way or another option than just letting fear paralyze you. Seriously, obviously, the things we're afraid of really are sometimes as scary as they seem. The test results really are bad sometimes. Sometimes they really do show incurable cancer. And sometimes the company really is going out of business and you really are losing your job. But you know what? You still don't have to give in to or live in fear. Even when real life things are happening, you don't have to be paralyzed with fear. You can become healthier, feel better, and be happier by making a decision to be a firefighter 
instead of the baby trapped in the house, helpless. You can be a first responder, and when the fire is burning and something really is scary, you can learn how to take action and deal with it because this is the real world, and the clock is ticking. You don't know how much time you've got left. You know, though, that the fire is burning. That thing is out there that you're scared of, and you got to deal with it. The baby's crying and waiting for you and you alone to take care of it. It's time to stop being afraid. It's time to start moving toward that scary thing and make it better. If you can't fix it, expose its falseness, or overcome it, then at least you'll know that you were brave enough to try. Last week, we talked about learning how to change our emotional and physiological state when we're afraid or upset. You can learn to control your breathing and change what you're thinking about. And it's been proven scientifically to improve your brain chemistry and make things better. You can change your state. Now, let me say as a disclaimer, obviously I should have said this already, some people really do have medical problems and disorders that produce serious and crippling anxiety that they can't control. If, if anxiety is a major issue with you, then talk to your doctor because you could have you know, hyperthyroidism or something, some real disorder that you need to have treated to get that better and under control. Take it seriously. Get the help you need. I'm a doctor, but I'm not your doctor here. I'm just your friend talking with good advice on this podcast. So if you're having a real struggle with anxiety that you can't get under control, go see a doctor. Don't let it eat up your life. But the truth is, most of us can make it better when we're afraid by, by learning how to change our state. And the first way to do that is to take action. Action changes your state. As Tony Robbins says, emotion follows motion. As my pastor says, actions lead, feelings follow. Another great way to control fear besides just taking action is through prayer and meditation. A chaplain in Iraq told me, pray more, worry less, and let God handle the rest. And you know what? That's good advice for learning not to worry. We're going to talk about worrying more next week. But when things in life are scary and they're terrorizing you, you can pray it out. You can learn to meditate and pray through that scary thing and then learn how to run towards the fire to deal with it. You know I love scripture. And the best prescription for fear is actually in the Bible in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. The writer Paul says this, don't be anxious about things. Instead, pray. Pray about everything. God longs to hear your requests. So talk to him about your needs and be thankful for what has come. And know that the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all our human understanding, will stand watch over your hearts and minds in Jesus. Did you catch that? When you're worried, my friend, pray about it. God will give you peace instead of your worry. He'll replace your worry with peace. It doesn't necessarily take away the thing that's scary, but you can get yourself into a state where you're ready to handle it. You're, you're more calm, you're more peaceful, and you're more able to rationally put a plan together to start punching that fear in the face. Pray more, worry less, and let God handle the rest. There's another verse. Psalm 34, 18 says this, when I needed the Lord, I looked for him. I called out to him and he heard me and responded. He came and rescued me from everything that made me so afraid. You get that? You're afraid, you pray. You seek help from a higher power. You, you look to something bigger and more outside yourself and you find the answer when you pray. You can be rescued from everything that makes you so afraid. When you're less afraid, you're able to put a plan together. You're able to cognitively and rationally deal with those things 
that are afraid of you because you know what? The house is on fire. No one's coming to help. The baby's inside, and you're her only hope. You've got to save that baby, my friend. We're counting on you to save the baby, solve the problem, overcome the fear that's keeping you stuck and not fulfilling your destiny because no one can do your destiny, your life, but you. And there's something, there's lots of things, there's something out there that only you can do, the gift that you're supposed to give to this world. And if you're stuck in fear and you're ruminating on the things that are that you're afraid of, you will never get to that place. You'll never take charge of that you start today moment, walk through that door and fulfill your destiny. And the rest of us will be stuck in inside the house, burning up in the lack of fulfillment of your destiny, that thing that you could have done to make all of us better won't happen because you're stuck in fear. Start punching fear in the face, my friend. But hurry. The house is on fire. You can do it. You can change your state. You can take action. You can learn to pray and meditate and work through all those things and get ready to calm yourself, put yourself in a better state, punch fear in the face, take action, step through the door and overcome anxiety and deal with all these things and learn then to put yourself in a position where fear no longer controls you because you punched it in the face but you have to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren podcast is listener supported. Check out patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. That's patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Patrons and partners get free books, transcripts, special patron-only episodes, and more. And partners like you allow us to stay ad-free and keep growing. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery. DrLeeWarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them. TommyWalkerMinistries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day. He is my rock, my shield, my fortress. He's my salvation and my strength. The cords of death, they were surrounding but he heard my cry for help. He is my refuge, my high tower. He's my deliverer, so strong. The snares of death, they were confronting me, but he stand and trust I'll stand in faith I will not be shaken so I'll stand and trust I'll stand in faith I will not be shaken He is my 
I'll stand, I'll stand in faith.